Uh-oh, a crystal ball came in for somebody else. Are the Canes going to miss out on Ruben Bain? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Before we dive into Miami's matchup with Virginia Tech, I wanted to talk some recruiting. We've been talking more recruiting this week as, you know, every week we're a little bit closer to National Signing Day. Will Miami miss out on one of their most in- Important targets, Ruben Hurricane Bain, the four-star edge rusher from Miami Central, who's just tearing it up this season. I think he's got 11 and a half sacks already, had 29 sacks last year. He had three sacks against IMG Academy. So he did release his top six finalists yesterday. Miami is among them. Miami is one of Ruben Bain's top six uh, before he makes his announcement. We don't know exactly when that's going to be. The six finalists are Louisville, Florida State, Miami, Alabama, Auburn, and Oklahoma. Now, for several months, if not longer than several months, maybe for years, Miami has been trending as the favorite for Bain. However, there's been a lot of smoke pointing in some other directions recently. Uh, I don't want to freak anybody out. Well, we'll talk about why you shouldn't freak out, at least not yet. But uh, like in recent days, I've seen momentum for the Crimson Tide. Really, in recent weeks, we've seen some momentum for Nick Saban in Alabama. And then yesterday, and I will admit, this one, this shocked me. I didn't see this happening, right? I thought if someone was going to put in a, a new crystal ball for him, I thought it would either be for Miami or for Alabama. I was not expecting on Wednesday evening, an Auburn crystal ball dropped for Reuben Bain. It's from Auburn insider from 24-7, Christian Clement. He dropped a crystal ball for the Auburn Tigers. So obviously seeing that, um, I, I will admit, I still have a hard time buying it. I still have a hard time buying it that, you know, that they have enough evidence he's going he's gonna to pick Auburn right now considering the Brian Harson debacle and the fact that, you know, it's only a matter of when, not if, they fire Harson, uh, their head coach, but it may not happen until around Thanksgiving weekend uh, for a number of different reasons. So it's like with with all the uncertainty there, like I, I have a hard time really buying a crystal ball to Auburn for him. I, I could buy one to Alabama. I could certainly buy another one to Miami. So I've I've started asking around. Like there are certain recruiting analysts that I talk to, some of which I know are going to give me, you know, their real – opinions off the record because others who work for you know other publications that may compete with some of my work I don't necessarily think they're going to give me the skinny but I talked to a couple of recruiting analysts that I trust to be candid with me off the record so I will not name their names on how they feel about this latest Auburn link for Reuben Bain Uh, two kind of different answers were given to me the first one told me quote Don't worry about Miami losing out on Bain unless the Canes fall apart completely this year. So I guess fall apart, you know, three-game losing streak, I guess, does not qualify as falling apart because the players are still buying in. 
Uh, you know, there seems to be harmony in the locker room and they're not giving up. So unless they fall apart completely, he feels that Ruben Bain is still going to be a Miami hurricane. He he still thinks Miami is the favorite here. Uh, and of course, Ruben is, he's a Miami legacy for what that's worth. All right. So then the second analyst that I asked off the record, uh, I reached out to him and he told me that, and this is interesting, but it's like, I don't know how you can really predict that this is for sure going to happen but he told me if Auburn hires Deion Sanders as their next head coach he could 100% see Bain to Auburn and of course if Auburn does end up hiring Deion they're going to become they're going to become a recruiting power it's already a decent recruiting school but they're going to become a recruiting powerhouse pretty much overnight if Deion Sanders ends up there but it's interesting because right now they still have a coach, and it's not Deion Sanders. And even if Sanders does make a step up to a Power 5 program, there's no guarantee he ends up at Auburn. Uh, so it's interesting, right? Because Auburn, they haven't fired Brian Harson yet. Everyone agrees it's only a matter of time, though. Uh, and apparently one of the reasons why they've not fired him yet is because they don't think there's a capable interim coach on the staff. Because remember, if you fire a coach in – mid-October you still have you know more than half of your schedule left to play and if you don't feel like and this is an indictment on his staff that if you don't feel like anyone on his staff is capable of just guiding the ship you know through the end of November then that's a pretty tough situation to be in um, you know I've also heard some buzz that you know Auburn like they they really want Harson to wear it like they want him to wear the scarlet letter of like a four and eight season if that's what ends up happening to them but of course there there are some advantages right when you we have a coach who's kind of a lame duck coach who you're gonna fire who's lost the locker room you know there are a couple of advantages of firing the coach before the season ends because it gives you a leg up on your coaching search because you can't really be interviewing new coaches if you still have a coach on staff that's you know tampering and it's not kosher and all that stuff uh, so it gives you a leg up on that. And also, you know, if you have a coach who's really completely checked out, that it's just, I don't know, it's a tough situation to put your players in for the rest of the season, I think. So we we will see what happens there. Uh, so, you know, if if this could end up being kind of dependent on, on what Deion Sanders does, there's obviously a chance that Bain decides to verbally commit somewhere before Auburn makes a coaching change, maybe he commits to Auburn anyway, or maybe he commits somewhere else. And then if Dion does get the Auburn job, he could still flip to Auburn. Cause I think that's something people forget sometimes that recruiting doesn't really end until players sign the national letter of intent. Right. And, you know, it obviously works both ways. Miami has a top 10 class right now of verbal commits for 2022 do you think other schools have stopped recruiting players like Jaden Wayne and Jaden Rashada and Francis Maui Goa? Of course not. Do you've got to hope that these players stay locked in and they sign their national letters of intent? The same thing can be said for players who commit to other places. I know Miami is still, you know, recruiting Brandon Ennis really hard, who's an Ohio State commit. They're hoping to flip that talented wide receiver. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't mind flipping a guy like Hakeem Williams if the opportunity presents itself and you know, there are plenty of players that Miami is still recruiting who have committed elsewhere and vice versa. Other schools have not stopped recruiting Miami players. So recruiting really, I mean, at this point, it never ends because of the transfer portal. So you could miss out on a guy and then a year or two later, oh, here he is. But, you know, before before players sign their national letters of intent, it's not really over. So here's a question that I see going around uh, the Canes fan base. 
right? Because just the possibility of one of the top local studs, Ruben Bain, if he doesn't end up at the U, where he's been favored to land for a long time, what does that say about Mario Cristobal? I see Canes fans freaking out about Mario missing out on so much local talent, right? Why are so many players, uh, four and five star local guys, because we're supposed to put that fence around the state of Miami again, right? So how are so many great local players leaving the backyard if Ruben Bain maybe becomes another one to add to that list, okay? I got to tell you, man, 2023, this class, it's been very odd with the local players. I'd like to think that this is the exception, not the rule here, because a lot of these top local players, uh, I think, were some of them were soured by the previous staff. And, you know, I know we can't scapegoat Manny Diaz for everything, but if certain players were soured by the previous staff, Miami lost some ground there and haven't been able to pick it back up with some of these players. I do think that's a real thing, okay? And also, uh, I think certain members of the 2023 class just want to leave the area, right? I mean, that that's long been the vibe on someone like Hakeem Williams, who maybe could still end up at Miami, but he's committed to Florida State right now. The vibe that I've gotten from Hakeem is he wanted to get out of town for college, right? If it wasn't Florida State, he would have committed to Texas A&M. I don't think Miami stopped recruiting him, though, because, like, I don't want people to freak out too much for a couple of reasons. A, Nobody's lost on Ruben Bain yet. He hasn't committed anywhere yet. So, you know, don't don't freak out too much, okay? And it already feels like Miami's making better inroads with the 2024 local players than the 2023s. So maybe 2023 is just going to go down in a weird year where Miami does better with guys from IMG Academy and from California than they do with some of the South Florida players. Um you know, we also we see how much success Miami is having with IMG, for example, which isn't local. But, you know, IMG Academy, it's like a, a magnet from all over the country, it produces as much talent as any of the local schools do, if not more. And, yeah, we've got a big money staff now. OK, so they have resources to do a lot more national recruiting than they ever had before. And I know still your bread and butter always has to be the local high school. So I want to do better there. But take a deep breath. For the Canes fans who freak out about recruiting stuff, because some of the comments that I'm getting, it's like, so an Auburn insider gives a crystal ball for Ruben Bain to Auburn. And my inbox is like, we missed another one. It's over. This guy's gone. You know, let's not freak out yet until we actually see him put pen to paper. Okay. Remember that Miami right now, despite a lot of things working against us, Miami still has the number 10 class in the country at this moment. And that's despite missing on some local guys and also having a crappy start to the football season. I mean, two and three, three game losing streak. I don't think that hurts as much as some people think it does, but it doesn't help. <laughs> Obviously if Miami was five and oh right now, not two and three, they'd be doing, I think even better right now, locking up some of the top players, um, you know, and you look at the class top 10 right now. And if, Antoine Jackson reclassifies from 2024 to 2023. That would give this class a big boost. He's a four-star corner. And if Samson Okunlola, who is still trending to Miami, the pancake honcho, if he commits to Miami and if Jackson reclassifies, and I don't think that's going to be where it ends, right? I think there could still be more players who come in in this class. But 
right there, that's going to boost Miami, regardless of where Ruben Bain goes. Okay. And of course, you need to hold on to your verbal commits that you already have. Um, all the signs are pointing to this 2023 class looks like a tight knit group that are willing to invest in Miami's future. Even if they don't see the present as great football being played, they believe in what Mario Cristobal is building. And speaking of what he's building, let's talk about what we're going to see on the field this Saturday. So trying to stop the bleeding, trying to stop a three-game losing skid. Will that skid come to an end in Blacksburg this weekend? We'll give you the reasons why Miami should win this game coming up right after we talk about the awesome folks at Bet Online. And Bet Online, guys, it is your number one source for football betting info this season. The Hurricanes are seven point favorites. I checked that line 11 minutes ago at Bet Online. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening to an audio podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your pods, my friends. So here's a couple of numbers to know from Miami at Virginia Tech this Saturday, 1230 p.m. in Blacksburg. I know for some of you, it's like, oh, you're going to make me wake up by noon to watch this game. I wake up at 6.30 every morning. I'm grinding. Be like me. <laughs> Get ready. It's a road game, but I'll be tailgating in the backyard for this one. 12.30 p.m. kickoff, uh, Miami Hurricanes of Virginia Tech Hokies. I mentioned uh, the number courtesy of Bet Online. The Hurricanes are not only favored on the road, they're favored by a touchdown on the road. And I know what you're going to say. Dono, do they know how bad Miami is? Do they know how bad Miami is in the red zone? Do they know how much Miami struggles to score? Virginia Tech, guys, they are off to a rough, rough start. Coach Pry has a lot of work to do there, okay? The Virginia Tech Hokies. Now, I'm going to give you some of their offensive numbers, but also uh, I'm not being complacent here, and I'm not taking Virginia Tech lightly. I hope. The Hurricanes players aren't taking them lightly either. They've got on paper one of the worst offenses in the country. But quarterback Grant Wells has scored his highest pro football focus grades over the past two games. So you could say he might be trending up. Wells is not having a good year by any stretch of the imagination. He's completing 58% of his passes, which is pretty meh, uh, and has seven interceptions to six touchdown passes this year throws for about 210 yards per game so far uh so wells might be trending up a little bit but he's interception prone turnover prone obviously with miami's defensive front and all the rotation how much success a guy like akeem mesador is having had somebody in our youtube comments uh the other day say you know what happened to akeem mesador why, why is nobody talking about this guy um you know we did talk about him on our wednesday episode because his stock is going up uh, he's quietly 
grading out as the third best edge rusher in the country to this point in the season. Akeem Mesidor has been, he's been the best transfer portal addition so far for the Canes. He's been awesome. Hopefully my guy Colby Young can become the second best transfer portal addition pretty soon because I think he's going to play a bigger role in the passing game this week. So you got to put pressure on Grant Wells, force him to make mistakes. He's just, he's not very dynamic. Uh, I did find though Miami's coaches, uh, specifically Cristobal, who talks about big picture stuff, and Kevin Steele, who talks about Miami's defense. He's the defensive coordinator. They were very complimentary of Wells. Like they they feel that Wells is physically capable of a lot more than his stats have shown so far this season. So they are not taking him lightly. Okay. Uh, as far as Virginia Tech's running game, that's something that's trending up as well. They just got tailback Malachi Thomas who's their top back. They got him back last week for his season debut. He ran well against Pitt. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry, scored a touchdown in that game. Uh, he and Keyshawn King, who's like their, their home run hitter, the faster guy, he averages, I think, six, a uh, little over six yards per carry. He's got a 65-yard touchdown this year. That's their one-two punch. Like that, That's their thunder and lightning combination. And they've got a really good receiver, okay? And obviously, you start to get the sweats when you think about some of the blown coverages that Miami's had over these last couple of games. Uh, you know, if you're not playing with discipline, talking about, you know, Tyreek Stevenson, if he's healthy, talking about DJ Ivy, you know, whoever has the fortune or misfortune of covering their top receiver, Caleb Smith, you've got to play with discipline. He's averaging over 16 yards per catch. Can we please keep this guy from scoring a 75-yard touchdown this week? Uh, so that's a little look at their offense. The Hokies' defense. Now, their offense, you know, I gave you some reasons why you shouldn't take them lightly. Uh, with that said, uh, their offense statistically is very, very poor. Their defense is statistically pretty average, so better than their offense, okay? They allow 26 points per game which is decent, but for reference, Miami in their past four games since the Bethune-Cookman game, Miami has only scored 23 and a half points per game over these past four. So Miami's offense, so many execution issues from untimely drops, untimely fumbles, so many issues in short yardage and in red zone. Uh, you know, it's not surprising to know that Miami's only scored 23 and a half points against FBS opponents this year you're going to have to execute better against Virginia Tech okay uh, the Hokies give up uh, a number that's not that high in today's college football 138 rushing yards per game but that includes what happened to them last week against that pit back whose last name I'm not going to try to pronounce Israel is his first name who had uh, they, they rushed as a team pit 326 rushing yards last week against the Hokies hopefully the Hokies don't get those issues fixed, but whatever led to them giving up 326 rushing yards, I would love Miami to find similar success in that regard. Um, you know, as far as the Hokies defense, the player to watch, the player you need to focus on is their top linebacker, Dax Holyfield. This guy is a playmaker. He's experienced. He's a senior. He impacts plays all over the field. He's number 61 in the country right now with 47 total tackles. And for reference, he's got 47 tackles on the year. I think Miami's top tackler so far, which is Corey Flagg, I think he's around 30 or in the low 30s. So that just goes to show you how, how many tackles Dax Holyfield has so far. He's got four TFL. He's got a sack, three pass breakups, a quarterback hurry, and a forced fumble. So he's, he's the playmaker. 
uh, on the Virginia Tech defense. That That's the guy that Miami needs to, to really contain, okay? And, okay, the big thing we need to see from Miami this week, and I know that when you talk to Kane's players and coaches, they will tell you, and I think for the most part they're right, that the issues that they've had are more mental issues and execution issues over physical issues. But I still, um, when you talk about physicality, you spoiled me, Canes, over those first three games. Alex Mirabal, you spoiled me uh, with the way the offensive line was really just wrecking people in the running game. Uh, I need to see more physicality up front. I need to see better execution in short yardage, in red zone. The offensive line needs to win all of their individual battles. And that's not necessarily going to be easy this week. Just when you look at Miami's injury situation, you've got some question marks, key question marks on the offensive line. And remember, Miami's offensive line is not nearly as deep as they'd like it to be when it comes to rotation and next man up. So I'm going to be holding my breath until the pregame warmups when we learn more about Zion Nelson. Zion Nelson is considered, Coach Cristobal said it on Wednesday, he's considered a game-time decision. He's working really hard to be back in time for this one. Zion has only played in two of Miami's five games so far this year. And we know we need Nelson. If he's starting left tackle, he's projected or has been projected to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. We need this guy on the field. Uh, now, I, good news on Ja'Kai Clark, Miami's starting center. He got banged up and left the game last week against North Carolina. Cristobal said he will play this weekend. So Ja'Kai is so important, and I just hope he's – I know he's not 100%, but I hope he's close to 100%. Um, and it, uh, if I'm reading between the lines here, it sounds like Justice Olawazian is going to miss this game. So Miami has some question marks on the offensive line for sure. When we come back, um, I was asked this question this morning by Candace Cooper on Locked on ACC. And I asked you guys this question on Twitter. So I'm going to answer it. I'm going to let you guys answer it as well. Is this weekend a must-win game for Mario Cristobal and the Miami Hurricanes. Is it a must-win game? We'll talk about that next here on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So, yeah, I was on Locked on ACC last night. Uh, it premiered this morning. Uh, Candace Cooper asked me, is this a must-win game for the Canes? And I don't think she realized what a loaded question that is, right? Because, um, you know, when you've got a first-year head coach, new standards being set, you know, you have to think as much, if not more, about the long-term as you do about the short-term. So it's like a lot of the realistic Canes fans, after eating so much humble pie the last three weeks, we all understand that, Maybe right now the long-term vision is a little bit more important than the week-to-week -week results out there on Saturdays. But even saying that out loud, I feel like I have a loser mentality, even saying that out loud, right? Because for even though the long-term is obviously more important, folks, I'm not ready to give up on the season. I'm not. <laughs> like I'm not ready to give up on the 2022 season. I want to be bowl eligible, of course. I want to compete to win the Coastal, compete to win the ACC. It's still possible to do that at this point. So, honestly, uh, I think the factors of saying this is a must-win game outweigh the factors that say it's not. I'm going to go with this is a must-win game. If nothing else, 
it's a must-win game for the sanity of the fan base. <laughs> as much as I love my Canes and I love all of you, uh, it's it's going to be difficult for us all to be around each other if we suffer a fourth straight loss. Like, for our sanity, we need to beat Virginia Tech. Um, and it's also a must-win game in terms of if you lose this week, you could lose the Coastal. Like, it's not going to be mathematically final, but you could basically lose any chance of winning the Coastal Division if you don't win this week. Now, if you win this week, you're still behind the eight ball in the Coastal because uh, North Carolina has, you know, the hefty lead right now. They're 2-0 and in the conference, and they're, they're a big favorite on the road against Duke this week. Uh, so they, they are the team to beat right now is UNC. You know, Pittsburgh is also a little bit behind the eight ball, you know, but Miami would be way behind the eight ball. If you lose this week, you might not even catch up to the Dukes or the Georgia Techs of the world. Like Georgia Tech fired their coach a couple weeks ago and they can't stop winning now. Like they, they got rid of Jeff Collins. Now they they beat Pittsburgh and they beat Duke. Like, you know, they, they, I think they're off this weekend. I don't think Georgia Tech plays this week. Miami plays them later this year. So, you know, if you lose this week and you're 0-2 in the conference, like, you know, not only will you not win the Coastal, like you may not even be top half of the Coastal when it's all said and done. So from that standpoint, uh, I think it is a must-win game. And it's also, it's a must-win game, and I'm going to give you this reason. You cannot lose this week without regressing from last week. That if you lose to Virginia Tech, no matter how that loss happens, whether it's by one point or a hundred points, if and I hope they don't lose by a hundred points, but if you lose this week, you have regressed from the week prior. The Hurricanes showed progress last week in the passing game, progress in identifying receivers and tight ends like Colby Young and Jaleel Skinner, who can become big time targets. You know, your quarterback got his groove back, and also like mentally. They fought until the bitter end against a pretty good North Carolina team last week. Now, UNC is significantly better than Virginia Tech, significantly. So if Miami plays as well as they played last week, and I'm not saying they played well, but if they play as well as they played last week or hopefully better than last week, you win. It's that simple, right? Miami is better than Virginia Tech and, you know, the team that just beat Miami is significantly better than Virginia Tech. But if you lose this game, it means you've regressed. Miami regressed from Texas A&M to Middle Tennessee. So it would be disheartening to see them regress from UNC to Virginia Tech. And also, to bring it full circle, because we started the episode talking about Reuben Bain and, uh, and the class of 2023, winning can only help you in recruiting, Right. I think people sometimes overestimate overestimate how much a win helps you, and they also overestimate how much a loss hurts you. But winning cannot hurt, okay? You're in battles right now for players like Damari Brown, Reuben Bain, Christopher Johnson, just to name a few of the local standouts, right? These players, they are paying attention to what Miami's doing on the field on Saturdays. Um, I can't say individually for each of those guys how much a loss or a win impacts them. Uh, Bain is harder to read in that regard, but when it comes to Damari Brown and Christopher Johnson, four-star corner and four-star running back, they have both said that, you know, Miami losses have, you know, it's, it's affected their perception that they want to see Miami go out there and compete and win on Saturday. So, you know, it does have an effect over how some of these players view the program in the short term and then thus in the long term. So winning can only help in that regard. And 
listen, guys, I've, I've said it a thousand times this week. I'll say it a thousand more times this season. I believe Miami has the right head coach CEO in place. Uh, I think Mario Cristobal, I think he's embracing this challenge. Uh, I, I think he, he knew that it was going to take time and effort. I think he embraces that grind. You know, I, I think he knew when he left Oregon for Miami, he knew that he was leaving what is a better short-term situation because Oregon, Oregon is in a better place right now than Miami is. Like he knew he was sacrificing short-term success for the challenge of going to his alma mater in his hometown and building something special. And I think he appreciates and understands the work that goes into that. So I'm cool. I'm chilling. I am enjoying, I am, you know, obviously studying what this coaching staff is doing. Uh, and I think in the long term we'll be fine, but I want to beat Virginia tech in the short term. Tomorrow's episode is going to be really good. We're going to have Larry Bluestein on Larry Bluestein from 560 WQAM and the six ring cane is going to join us tomorrow to even give you more preview material on Virginia tech. Let's get that W. We will see you guys tomorrow on another episode of locked on canes. Hey, make sure that you make locked on ACC your second listen every day. Candace Cooper and the local experts take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Thank you for making us your first. We'll talk to you tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.